Car Wars, that's right. We talked to Traveling Car Wars Tournament Master Greg Pratt, and later we talked to David Girard, creator of Junk King and By Order the Queen. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds. It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Stupid, mindless, bad. There will definitely be some. That, that's probably our best. Lot that, that's, that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Games and Gizmos. Games and Gizmos is your friendly local game store with a great selection and a welcoming community. Come to Games and Gizmos in Kirkland, Washington. Now back to the show. Hey, geeks, it's episode three. Woo! Right. I'm with, uh, go ahead. The Costasaurus <laughs> and Paul. <laughs> We, we gotta get that smoother. That's really, gosh, we just suck with the intro. Uh, well, let's just let's get right into it. Paul, uh, what's the con news? Con news is what we have coming up is um, Spokon, which I believe is in Spokane. That's the, really I think cool. it's 11th, 12th, and 13th. All right. Excellent. <laughs> and we've got Rose, Rose City Comic Con coming up September 9th and 10th. Hmm? Okay. Nice. And what do we else got for. We got Dragonflight. Dragonflight's mm-hmm. coming up. And then we got Geek Girl coming up on September 31st, October 1st, over in Seattle at the Convention Center and Conference Center. And uh, going back to Dragonflight, we will be there. We will be mm-hmm. there. We'll be there podcasting. Right? Well, pro- pro- I'm sure podcasting, maybe at the OrcaCon table, and oh. certainly playing games. Playing games. Definitely in the bar. <clears throat> definitely in the bar. And don't forget, folks, OrcaCon, go online. Get your tickets. Get your mm-hmm. room. Get a room. And you know who else we will see at Dragonflight? Greg Pratt. Greg Pratt. Car uh, Wars. Yes. That's mm-hmm. right. And he is up. And Greg, I am sorry. I know we, we were going to put you on episode one. It didn't work out. You're in episode three. It's going to be okay. Trust we, me. We still, still hurt awesome. you a lot. Yes. We still love you. It, mm-hmm. It's going to be great. And uh, who else do we have? We have uh, we have David Gerard. We talked to him at ETX. We did. So Junk King. Junk King. Mm-hmm. And just, again, we were at ETX. It was a very tournament-heavy, large room, so it's a little bit noisy. There may be mm-hmm. some, some announcing and stuff in the middle. That's true. We got a bunch of uh, interviews we did at ETX that are sitting in our interview bank. So I know there are some game developers out there going, when are you going to play my interview? <laughs> I promise you, we will get to you. Uh, we do these podcasts like every other week. Game developers and podcasters, we tend to be long-winded. We want to try to keep it to an hour, and sometimes it doesn't work. So with that, should we get into the interview with Greg Pratt? Yeah. Awesome. All right, let's do it. This episode has been brought to you by Vern and Wells, an all-inclusive, members-only social club for geek professionals in the style of Victorian parlors of old, a space for this new breed of geek. Visit us at www. Dot vnw.club Vernon and Wells Imperium in Imperio Now to our show Hey geeks Guess who we have here today We have Greg Pratt He's uh, kind of a long time um, Listener to the podcast I'm sure, right? Yeah, right? Sh- sure Okay, good, so. yeah, good. Yeah, Sounds good, good. I'll go with that. He should because he's been on our show a couple of times yeah. when we were uh, the OrcaCon Pod podcast two times then. So he's kind of like um, kind of like how Steve Martin is on Saturday Night Live. Just kind of shows. Yes, up. So mm-hmm. it's good sure, to have if you Greg. Say so. It's good to have Greg on here, <laughs> and he always comes bringing toys yes. for me to play with and zone out on. Here's one to start. And with. why does he have toys? Because he is the person that puts on all the Car Wars tournaments. At Dragonflight and OrcaCon. Do you do them anywhere I bought, else? Um, I also um, ran Car Wars with, with this gear at PAX uh, Prime. Okay. Oh, awesome. Last year as well. Awesome. Did you do a tournament there as well? Not a tournament, but um, just bring, you know, have players stop by and uh, come play. And I've cycled, had over 100 people stop by that over the weekend to play. Well, your, your tournament is very popular. I, I know a lot of people play in Dragonflight and OrcaCon. And in fact, uh, thanks to the tournament and me recording part of it uh, during OrcaCon, I think um, that particular podcast had probably one of the most 
uh, listen to. Oh um, yeah, yeah. People tuning in. Did you did yeah. you listen to it at all? Yes, I did, and I also uh, posted it over on the Car Wars forums of Steve Jackson games. Oh, that might have <laughs> driven a few extra yeah, okay. hits there. Okay. That's yeah. where it there came from. Yeah. <laughs> so, if our listeners, if this is the first time you heard about it, or if you're turning in because you want to know what's going on with Dragonfly and OrcaCon with this Car Wars tournament, Greg, what uh, can you tell the listeners? What I mean, so, well, really short, what you do and everything. Well, let, let me start real quickly. Car okay. Wars is a, a old game that was produced by Steve Jackson Games, mm-hmm. written by Steve Jackson and Chad Irby all the way back in 1981. Um, it's gone through many different versions. Um, they're actually working on another version eventually. We'll, we'll be out eventually. But I'm currently running a tournament based off of what's known as their fourth edition of the game. It's the classic game that if you played back in the 80s and 90s, that's the game. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's going, yeah, I know that. However, um, you know, the original game was, um, which is currently available in print, um, or a version of it, is in print, um, it's a small box edition, has uh, little cardboard counters and these nice little map sheets you get to fold and fold and put out. And I said, hey, this, these are conventions, let's, let's up it up a little bit. And um, so I thought, hey, die cast cars. Yeah. So I've tripled mm-hmm. the scale on this, and all the vehicles are represented by die cast cars. But that's not all. I've also gone and built a 3D arena um, for people to battle and fight it out on, as well as also all sorts of uh, little other nifty little bits and pieces to go along with it and up the game mm-hmm. up a little bit. How, how big is that that table? So do? the one I the one I've been running for the last mm-hmm. three three I think it's three years now at Dragonflight and the two years at OrcaCon. Uh, measures five feet square. It's made out of plywood, so it's fairly heavy too. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who uh, haven't seen it, um, there's pictures floating around. Uh, yeah. just, just do a search for Rainbow Bay Blast Furnace 3D. You'll probably get a hit for it. <laughs> I think I might have memorized that already. Yes, you might. Um, it's actually a very old one. Um, it, for for those who are here, like the Joe and Company, can, might remember the old. I mentioned map sheets. This is mine that I drew up back somewhere in the 90s. Okay. <laughs> what it cool. looked like. All right. Well. <laughs> Very, very, not very good looking. Now, but. last time we spoke, you you were talking about maybe changing it up. Are you going to change it up at all? Are you going to so, keep the same one? Ooh. I'm always I'm always doing improvements to my setup in a lot, sometimes in little ways. Um, but I will say that over the weekend, I did buy some large sheets of styrofoam uh, <gasps> foam insulation Ooh, okay. and okay. some other materials. So. I don't know if it'll be done in time for Dragonflight, but I am currently starting the work on a second arena. Um, oh, or OrcaCon. You can pop, premiere it, it at OrcaCon. It should be done at OrcaCon. Right. It might be ready by Dragonflight. I'm not sure okay. still. Okay. It's, it's going to be different than the other arena mm-hmm. in that, first off, it's going to be larger. It's going to be about 5 by it's 8. It's going to be larger? It's going to measure about wow. 5 foot by 8 foot. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. It's not going to have the mirrors, which I know Joe loves. Lasers, man. But Lasers. on the flip side, it's going to have multiple levels, so you can have places where you can jump off and land on oh, other wow. things. That's cool. Wow. Well, the, but the that fun thing really about cool. the, the mirrors, though, can you bounce lasers off Oh, that? yes, you can. So you're not going to have any mirrors, or you can have maybe I'm some I'm probably going to skip the mirrors. Um, this is... I'm. <laughs> From what I've done uh, is what my projects have been kind of based off of some of these old arenas that they've built over the, mm-hmm. the designs. You know, the one I have currently was actually from a book published back in the late 80s, early 90s. I'm not sure of the exact year. Um, the one I'm currently building, uh, or planning to build, is actually one that is in the Car Wars Arena supplement, actually. Um, and, yeah, this is, this is essentially a box set that they put out a few years ago. And it's got a bunch, basically, just a bunch of map sheets. In okay. It. Cool. Okay. So this is actually the one I'm currently looking at building. And right. it's a... I'm oh, sorry, you can't... Your viewers can't... Your <laughs> no, listeners can't will, see. So what we'll do is we will post oh, it yeah, uh, we'll post on Facebook so on, it's gonna look on something like some this. of the pictures of uh, what is, we're seeing right now. Is the center the raised area? The center is all raised. So it's like ramps to get up? Yes. So, oh. Uh, so you can like jump through the middle. So essentially there's mm-hmm. ramps and this like is a this? raised area up. This this is think of this as being elevated above mm-hmm. the floor. So yes, you could, and you can also jump off down onto the lower levels too. Okay. Can and these are walls dividing it. So nice. Can now can you do backflips and barrel rolls? <laughs> not easily. You, you, if you're not going if you're not going very fast off the edge, I will say mm-hmm. you're liable to end no. face down on the rope. <laughs> <laughs> have a collision with the floor of the arena. Yeah, I so, guess there's still gravity in the. So space. tell us, gravity does apply. How do you okay? The how do you do this tournament? How does it? What are the mechanics so, of this tournament? The mechanics of the yeah. tournament. So I'm I've been sticking with um, a format of eight player games that seems to work pretty well, and I can generally get people through. I'm gonna mm-hmm. might have a little bit of a challenge at Dragonflight this year that that they. 
have changed their scheduling a little bit in that there's not a half hour break between games like there used to be. So I'm going to be, it might be a little tight getting switched over, but I'm going to find out in a Dragonflight. Okay. So when you say eight players, like around, so eight players are eight players yeah. per game, which okay. is about a two hour block. Okay. Um, and usually what I do is I, I run four qualify, what I call qualifier games. And those who, uh, are the top two finishers at the qualifier games get to go on and play at the final at the end of the night. Right. And, so, and these are cars that, uh, are so, pre-made. Yes, yeah, so the cars are pre-made. So you, you don't have to know anything about the game. Right. Uh, usually, there's about a ten, maybe a little, maybe ten to twelve minute rule explanation at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I've gotten the spiel down pretty good that I can just bam, 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 and people get it. And there's also usually one, a couple players who played before and you can say, oh yeah, give other players help as, as we're going along. And I've got a lot of different player aids I've made over the years that um, make the life a lot easier. Um, anything from you know. If you've played Car Wars before, a lot of people have... There's a couple stats like speed and handling. Handling is kind of how well you control your car is. Speed, mm-hmm. Speed's miles per hour. <clears throat> but it changes a lot during the game. And, you know, people... People used to take pages of paper and scratch it. And I made up something. It's, what, you're, what I'm holding up here is a little cardboard sheet with just some speed and handling. And mm-hmm. some little... Pe- take your battleship pegs and just move them up and down as, as time goes oh, on. Oh, that's okay. brilliant. And, you know, just something very simple, too. And you pretty much stick to the Car Wars 6th edition, edition. edition rules? 4th edition rules. Do you have any changes, maybe home rules that you I very you Actually, no. Um, I do try to try not to include some things that are not necessary. Um, and there, I, sometimes I'll refer to things a little bit slightly different than the rules are because I found mm-hmm. it makes it a lot clearer. For example, people can change speed and fire once per like whole round, okay. and I call those actions, even though the rules don't really say them as actions. So, um, you know, and I've done things like in the basic game, you don't have anything to keep track of those. Well, I've got nifty little tokens that I hand out to the players and say, "Hey, when you change speed, toss it on the table. Hold first off, wave it around so I know it get my attention, know you're doing mm-hmm. it, and then hey, throw it on the table. Just Ooh. remind yourself that you don't have, can't do it again yeah. until until right. we recover the chance to do it again. Yeah. Can you come? With a car that you made, or is so it... I allow that for the final round. So okay. um, in the initial rounds, I have a, basically I've got a stack of clipboards and I've got pre-designed cars on them. And for those, as Steve may have heard us seeing the people kind of misting through or sifting through different designs at, towards the end at the at the final. And that what they were doing was they were looking through stacks and stacks of different car designs right. oh. to pick out what they wanted to run with for the battle. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So, and I do, and I've got it in the case of Dragonflight. I've already got it up, actually. Drag, by the way, the event is open for Dragonflight. It did fill. All 32 seats were taken last year. Wow, okay. So, if you want to play, make sure you sign up early. If you do get to the finals, and there's instructions there for my preferred way of, mm-hmm. of if you want to create your own design to come play for the final. Right. So these so, are like just like D and D character sheets, kind of. It's that's how kind of how Car Wars was. The yeah. sh- your character is your car essentially in this game, sure. and you're basically your goal: wipe the other players off the face of the earth before <laughs> they do it to you. Um, as I as my I favor a very violent um, victory <laughs> well, strategy of whoever kills the most other players without dying themselves. Well, what, I, what I loved about the uh, last tournament when I was in- interviewing these folks, there was a uh, there was kind of a father and son thing going on, and. Uh, and of course, your two daughters were, <laughs> yeah. were killing each other. Um, so that, that was pretty interesting. A little, little Game of Thrones action. Oh yeah. Oh no. No no. It, it was just just sheer bitterness. <laughs> well, what I really like is whenever I've come and seen it because I've seen it at Dragonflight before. I saw it at OrcaCon, and I love how whenever you walk towards that area, you kind of know what's going on because you just hear a bunch of people yelling uh-huh. and laughing. And just like excitement, like oh my gosh, I can't believe we just did that! Like, and so it's just, it's just a good environment too. Like, I mean, everyone's just having a huge blast, and it's you can hear it when you're coming up to it. I try to make it fun, even when a player is getting royally screwed by something by a game effect. You know, right. oh, your car is rolled. Let's see how this does. Or you know, it's also it's also because it is large, it does draw in some crowds. Um, and that was actually something that people at Steve Jackson Games um, themselves observed when they had it at the PAX, <clears throat> was that people were actually stopping by just to see what it was. Right, right. And Yeah, and speaking of Steve Jackson <coughs> Games, so is there a connection to this tournament, Steve Jackson Games, other than you obviously using the product? 
because um, you're in contact with them. So, we? so I'm actually one of, a member of the MIBs now. Okay, I, I started doing that last year. So there's a chance. It's, it's. I'm not, I can't say it's going to be for sure, but there's probably a good chance. Um, they've been very helpful and, and supportive for prize support. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put in a request for that again this year. Um, I can say the the prizes that they provided for OrcaCon last year were outstanding. Yeah, could, I could mean, you talk about that? What what prizes? Yeah, what were they? Some of the prizes? So the prizes were for. They, I, I, I sent a request and he said, hey, I'm going to have these four. Maybe give me something for each of the events and something cool you know, for the, the overall victor. And what they sent me was I got this big box of stuff. Yeah, I remember that. I brought I in and Steve saw it last year. And I just saw some pictures. But yeah. there was a copy of, let's see, Car Wars Arenas, a bunch of patches, and you know the mini Car Wars. That was for the victors of the individual qualifiers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you got to the overall victor of the game... They sent um, one of every single Car Wars product that's currently in print. Wow! Plus, plus a couple, t plus a deal for a T-shirt on top of that. Wow! wow. So, how much do you think that re retail value? Um, of this stuff? Well, the individual ones, I think I figured it was you know, based on the price at their mm -hmm. warehouse twenty three for the patches and MSRP for the products. It was it was over forty dollars per per qualifier, and it was a couple hundred closer to for the, the overall That's victor. Amazing. So it's worth your while to play yeah, this game, yeah. too. You know? and, oh, and, and, and I will be handing out a trophy to the overall victor. And the, oh, yeah, I, I've seen these trophies, too. The trophies, um, yes, you can search out on mm -hmm. Orcacon or Dragonflight. I think I've got one posted up, a picture of it posted up at Board Game Geek as well, one of them. And these are essentially trophies with like a, one of the battle old battle machines diecast, a large one. More on that right. a little bit later, if that's okay. Sure. Yes. Um, some other thing, some other fun things that I've done over the years, I've changed and improved it. One thing I started doing last year at Dragonflight is mm -hmm. when people wipe out another player, they get awarded a nifty kill sticker to stick on their badge. Oh, oh cool. awesome! Okay. That is awesome. This will go really well on my school district badge. <laughs> so right. what was funny was I was giving these out of packs. And people were coming up wanting to know how to get one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's just a little sticker with, you know, a silhouette of a car or right, right. or for you know or for the less less able, you know, the pedestrians and <laughs> it's basically think of like Carmageddon. Yes, or such and such. But you know, just and from that I actually moved on because I found I thought it was a cool way to track who'd killed how many players last uh -huh. year at Dragonflight. Uh -huh. Except I had players who played multiple times and suddenly I'm going, How many did you get from this game and how many from the prior one? Right. Which which led to yet another innovation that I brought out at OrcaCon, which is a uh, a little ribbon oh, to go on the bottom of your badges so, uh, oh to track. My gosh, so, so listen, he's showing uh, a, a ribbon, ribbon, a ribbon so that, that you can put on your uh, badge, saying you're in the Car Wars. It has and it also has got space for kills, kills, and All right. your car number. All oh my right. gosh, I love That's it. Beautiful. So oh, the only problem I found was the sticker material is not quite high enough quality yeah, to hold on. Pictures of this. We'll make sure we uh, post back. that. All right. Okay. So I will. I will post some of your. Yeah. So it, now you oh, have well, a. You, a you also cars. have a trophy, but you also have the shot glass. So is that is that coming back? Yes, I still have a few shot glasses left. What is known as the so Car Wars had what is known as the AADA, the American Auto Duel Association. That's kind of their player player um, support deal they had many years back. But Steve Jackson Gaines conveniently made out some shot glasses with them. And mm. I thought, well, wouldn't these be slick to give out as a best shot award? Oh, so, yeah, in fact, it. my, my nice. son uh, has won that twice. My <laughs> under 21-year-old son has won two shot glasses. Thank and you. did that, <laughs> of course, that might have explained why he rolled his car at OrcaCon last yeah, year. Maybe. It's, yeah, it's maybe. perfect for getting nice little shots of chocolate he's, milk. He's, that's right. That's right. And yeah. Um, we're uh, he's by the way he's he's not happy that he can't make it to the next uh, dragon, dragon fight. He will be there at OrcaCon though. But it's okay, Joe. It's okay, Joe. You can get these ones. You can play with the toys. <laughs> so, so I, I, so I, I, I gotta ask you just, this. Just a second. I gotta okay. give Joe another toy. Okay, he's getting another oh. toy. Out. So, Greg, I gotta ask you this. Uh, I have I have not asked this question the last two or three times you've been in here. So, why do you do this? You're I mean you're I'm, not playing, but you so, you're spending hours. So part of it's, it's um, back when this was back in the eighties mm -hmm. and nineties when it was Car Wars is at its probably at its peak. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was a massive fan of the game. I mean, I had I helped organize clubs in the area to, just so I had people to play against regularly. And the game's kind of gotten it kind of went downhill over the years and was getting less and less support. And 
you know, a few years back, I guess it's been five or six now, um, I came to Dragonflight and Austin Searles was running a triple scale cart horse mm-hmm. games. And, you know, he had a bunch of different stuff set up and and he did that for a couple more years and then another gentleman ran with Here's Gear for a year and then then they weren't able to do it and I said, well, okay, I, I could do this. Mm-hmm. And initially I borrowed Austin's stuff, but then I thought, well, this is cool. I need to go make some of my own. And so I did. And it's been it's been in stages, you know. This this stuff has been being built over probably three three and a half years now, right. um, and it's it's also yeah. Joe Joe Joe, it's Joe, been Joe, gro- Joe Center yes. looking. At, he's admiring the Homer the Simpson car. With it's the, it's been growing in popularity too. Uh, that what you've been doing. Yeah, it, it, people what kind I've of done, expect it now at the cons. I, I've noticed that. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it fills up fast on sketch. Yes, it is. So, yeah. And, Actually, we had a couple of people jumped out, canceled out on it at the last. One. So even if it's full, folks, stop by when the game starts that you want to play in because you may <laughs> right. still be able to get a seat in there. Because occasionally people drop out or cancel, and so well, mm-hmm. OrcaCon, I think it had, I think it only ended up with like twenty-seven or twenty-eight seats filled. So there was there was still some room there, folks. Right. I know right. Joe. Joe walked off, and, and it's like it was. <sighs> it was, it was so a game hard. that actually had a seat. Even it was so. I had my brother with me, and I didn't want to be like watch me play for the rest of this game. He could have played too. Was there more one? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh no! Once again, Joe's. A and jerk. You, you're missing. You're missing. You're missing the chance jerk to pull Joe. your brother apart. <laughs> you're true. That's true. I mean, it's better to do it in a car. You game. signed up and walked away. I didn't no, sign up. There, it was. It was showed up as full, but but some of the oh. people didn't show. So oh, okay. okay, all right. So okay. Tumblr. Well, this but is I, I, the, the I numbers. Was, I, the numbers yeah. I give you, by the way, are the ones who actually—that's actual seats taken mm-hmm. at Dragonfly last year. It was all thirty-two. I had thirty-two seats filled. Mm-hmm. A couple of them were standbys, and a couple were walk-ups at the last minute. But all of them were taken. Okay. Um, just so sounds. It sounds like people got to sign up. Then it, it's yeah, highly the recommended. It looks like um, they're they're only allowing six signups in advance this year out of the eight. Okay. So two of them. So there'll be some okay. slots for people to wait to the last for Dragonfly. For Dragonflight, yes. And this is the thing about tabletop games, and, and why why I love tabletop games. When I when I was there at OrcaCon and just interviewing the contestants, again, you had kind of the father and sons, you had sisters and brothers, and uh, young and old there, all coming together. Something that you don't get um, playing a computer game. I mean, people were actually like face to face, and so I, I'm really glad you're doing this. It's bringing people together. It's, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> And yeah, you can tell by Joe playing with toys over. He's so yeah, we're, we're putting uh, what the listeners don't see right now is we're putting, <laughs> we're putting uh, I guess flame, flame yeah, symbols or something. Oh yes, yeah. ask some of the players who played previously about catching on fire. There's puddles of oil with them flames and a on fire Homer Simpson car. Wow, you got all kinds. Of, so did you make these this fire symbol? So, so it's that, something that, you that, can actually so, put on the car. Yes, listeners, and it looks like your car's on fire. So I actually bought those uh, uh-huh. from Litco, by the way. But, but you know, a little paint spray, or we maybe take a little cloud of uh, pink paint. Mm-hmm. For oh, there's a cotton ball, obviously, right? Yes, and, you know, leave a, leave a paint spray behind cool. you. Oh, cars, okay. Cars to get on their windshield. Or... What about what about um, a crushed driver, like someone ran over? Do you have anything like that? <sighs> yeah. Just no, like a straight no, up mutilated, just decapitated. Usually, take one of the pedestrians' Hopefully. figures and just talk, talk, knock him over. I do have ones with bits of something cars. looks like Joe. Actually, would be preferable. You know, to do that. Wait, what? That's good. Bits of cars that people, that people have left on their on the road after them. You know, very nice, very good. And this, of course, is debris, and you can't hit that debris because you can hit the debris. Well, it's not recommended to hit them. Um, debris and obstacles. Yes, not a good thing for tires. Um, Tires are very helpful mm-hmm. in moving your car about the arena. Yeah. If you do not have them, we call you a sitting gun emplacement. Oh, <laughs> and that leads me to the other thing, which physics. <laughs> I mean, I saw a lot of wow. people get deep. killed in this game because they went way too fast. And took a 90-degree turn. Right, <laughs> right. And they go right into a wall. So it's not just about, like, aiming and shooting and, and getting your strategy. It's like... Hey, it's, it's it's even more. You gotta drive right too. It, it's more than that too. Sometimes there's actually strategy that are physics related, mm-hmm. like being able to targeting penalties for how fast cars are going, and they're different depending on whether you're facing the car or if it's going if you're shooting at their sides. And this is the so reason. Need, this is the reason why too, though we advocate for seatbelts. Yeah. <laughs> seatbelts are good. Yeah, seatbelts are from important. our sponsors. Seatbelts. Yes. That's right. <laughs> So one one other item that's very popular in the in the convention, which is related to this fire, you know, you, if you were at OrcaCon, you might have suddenly you know 
Saturday night, you might have been hearing this boom, boom, boom chant coming from the Car Wars table. <laughs> what that was is someone, someone for some reason got set on fire. I don't know. It could have been one of the other players, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he happened to have weapons in his car that might explode. Yeah. So he had, you know, a nifty little die. It's, it's just a cute little die that's five blank sides, and it's got a little red explosion on one side. Uh, and he was rolling to see if his car, if the weapon's triggered off, and his car blew up. You know. That is, that's he, awesome. He did, by the way, eventually. He took about well. two or three turns, but he did it. <laughs> he, and he loved it. He, he thought that was the greatest thing. That, and by that way, in, you know, this, I've got the events down at Dragonfly for ages 13+. plus. I don't mm-hmm. mind if, if that's most kind of a recommendation from what I've seen for, you know, skills and and things. I've had adults, though, bring their eight, seven or eight-year-old kids. I had uh, at OrcaCon the first year, there was a gentleman, I, mm-hmm. his daughter couldn't have been more than seven or eight, and they played together as one, driving one car, and she had a blast. Awesome. You know, so yeah, it's just, cool. you know, I, it's, it's open, open to it. Mm-hmm. I'm open to it, and, you know, as long as there's someone kind of helping them out, it's just I find the younger kids sometimes have a little trouble tracking all the different things that are going on. So you're... Uh... The tournament, this big terrain thing that you have. This, do you do? You, is it come in pieces? Or do you just put it yeah, in your van? It's, right? it's, 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 I do take my van usually. Yeah. Um, it will fit in a a large Saturn. I've discovered it will fit my daughter's <laughs> Saturn with the back seats down. It comes into right now though. The one I have is it's built out. Of, it's entirely built out of plywood and actual mirrors, uh, and a little bit of plastic, but not a lot. And it's it's pretty heavy. Um, two and a half foot square sections. And okay. I use a little one of the little furniture dollies to roll it around at the convention centers with it. The new one I'm planning on building weight is a serious consideration. Um, it's probably the base is probably going to actually be built out of insulation foam board, um, probably lined with. I found this plastic sheet at, at uh, the local Lowe's that mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to chop up and line it with to give it some some rigidity. So essentially, you know, think of it as industrial size foam core with plastic mm-hmm. instead of cardboard on the outside. And you're bringing so, the, nice. the whole fam out? Actually, so that's one of the unfortunate things I found about Dragonflight this year is it's much later than it is um, on prior years, mm-hmm. which I have kids that show in the fair. And oh, okay. unfortunately, oh. this is over this overlapping with the Evergreen State Fair up here in Snohomish wow. County. So I'm actually, I'm probably not going to be at Dragonflight on Sunday as a result of that. This is my compromise is I get to go two days instead of three. But where bucks. else are you going? You're going somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I, I think I might be tagging along and uh, helping somebody out with some podcasting from another well-known convention. That's right. We're gonna, nice. so, uh, one of those little ones? Uh, well, that's a little, little one in Indianapolis. Yeah. I think it's called Gen Con. I don't know. I've never heard of it. Yeah, so who's really weird. Jen? Is she like a, yeah, a, 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 a person in the game community? Really, I, I just hope that, uh, Greg, I hope you don't snore. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I've got a CPAP machine. It's all good. Greg, oh, I hope you do. Keep it down. Wonderful. Anyway. <laughs> it's better than my snoring. Try, ask my kids. <laughs> oh, no, this, this one's real quiet. Yeah. Oh, cool. But it's all good. Yeah, I'm sure. You're going to lug that out to Gen Con? Maybe do some Car Wars tournaments out there? Don't get me wrong. I was actually doing the math on weight, but no, oh, it's probably not going to happen. It's just not quite. I mean, some of the some of the figures and stuff are probably portable enough, but the arena is kind of a problem. You guys should drive. Man, Steve Jackson like would a, love it if you did that, though. A buddy road show. It has occurred there. to me to inquire Ooh, their interest man, in that's but, a long drive uh, to spend with Greg. I can only take him in, in little shorts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I'd want to drive that far with Steve myself. Like planes, trains, and automobiles, and car wars. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> like car wheels were for real. Uh, oh, I'm trying to see if I get any other goodies over here. No, just the laser pens that I know, the laser lights. That I lasers. So is I'm there, like a cat when it comes to lasers. So is there, awesome. Oh, that might be burned out. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners, Greg? Um, oh, yeah. So, oh. I, I, so I did mention something earlier on okay. about the trophies and stuff. Sure. So I'm going to... So if, for the last few years, I have been building trophies. I've got some trophies, and on top of them, I'm putting these... What are known as battle machines, but they're like double the size of what we're using in the game. So they're probably I don't know about six inches long, and they're I'm using these as trophy toppers. That's cool. So what I have here, I have six ring. So I bought a, a bunch of these. I probably got ten or twelve a few years back for about twenty bucks. I'm never gonna find them for that again. But so oh, that's cool. so you're good for a couple cons. So I'm good for about three more years. I'm oh, sorry. I don't want to hit that. <laughs> I never right. heard of that one. Couple con? Couple cons, yeah. Yeah, it's it's only for, for, the, for the married couples, right? Marriage. So I've got six of them here. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to get some feedback from your uh, listeners if I, if they could. Yeah. Or, or, you know, 
as to what which ones you think should be appropriate for Orca Con well, the, and Dragonflight. Well, the so, good I mean, news is four of the ten listeners are right here in this room, so we can at least <laughs> get that out of the way. We have more listeners. <laughs> so I'm going to ask we you do. guys to post these do. up here and uh, maybe get a little bit of an opinion poll going. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, and as to what which ones, which two, which are the two best ones here, and which should be used for OrcaCon, which should be used for Dragonfly. It'd be okay. OrcaCon 2018 and Dragonfly for 2017. Well, the police you car know, looks like an Orca. You know what we could do? We could have these pictures, and it's like we could measure it by the number of likes. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, huh? it makes Genius. sense. Yeah. It's college. It's yeah. college, kid. Right. Yeah, you got to go to college. That's so that's that, that's I mean, kind of an ask for your uh, listeners. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of how things are going and shaping nice. up. I, I, I'll, I might give you a follow up and some pictures if the uh, arena gets finished, or I'm probably gonna. I may do a debate about trying to set up a blog for it for um, posting it as I go as to how things are going. All right. Well, hey, do you guys have anything else for Greg or? No, yeah, just looking forward to um, yeah, Dragonflight. So yeah, you got to come play. Yeah. Yeah. You got to play. Yeah, I'm there. You're not going to be there. No, I am going to be there. I am going to be. Okay, there. so you, your two job is to make this man come and play. Yeah, oh, he's man. not played yet. Keyword make. We get to use force. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Preferably in the same game, so you can blow him apart. <laughs> Well, that, that would be, be awesome. That would be fun. I'm going to try to get in at OrcaCon. Yeah, yeah, maybe OrcaCon and I'll have my son there. We'll see. I could do that. So. You, you, no, you need to get some he's, practice, and he's, he's got two or three years. He's, he's well, got two or three years on you already. He's a yeah, that's true. Well, that. That's true. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, feel free to come by, and if you want to do a podcast from the game, you know. I, I, you know what? I probably will do that because it was kind of popular. <laughs> and 29's coming around the corner. Oh, yeah. and he shoots I'll, his lasers. I'll, I'll see if I can get Mike Lowen roped in. He's a long time. He's helped me on a couple of these. Okay. He might be good for some color commentary. Mike Rowe? What's going on. Michael Owen. He's, uh, oh, cool. he's known around the Cars forums anyway, so nice. he's, he's been supporting the game for a long time. Longer than me, probably. Well, cool. So, Well, thanks a lot, yeah. Greg, for coming here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, yeah. and, uh, just one last sure. bit is that the Steve Jackson Games has made some comments about, you, you may have heard about, there's a sixth edition of Car Wars that's kind of been in the works. It's, mm-hmm. it's on hold awesome. right now, unfortunately. Due, okay. They're trying to get some other products out. Um, but... I'm, I'll keep you posted. There might be a Kickstarter this year or next. I don't know when yet. But people can go to their friendly local game store and pick, and pick up the pick last up the current, version. You can per- currently pick up. There's two two box sets, which is the uh, Car Wars box set. It's it's got the cover that was on the. If you've heard of the pocket box, it was on the cover of that many okay. years back. It's mm-hmm. kind of got a rainbow color yeah. theme to it. And there's what's known as uh, Car Wars Arenas. Which is a supplement for it, which has okay. just basically battlefields. Okay, 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 okay. And it's got what's known as the murder cycle uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. cover with red and a gray cycle. And those things are available currently. And there's cool. tons of PDFs available too. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Greg, for coming. And yeah, we you. look forward to seeing you at Dragonflight. All right. This part of the episode is brought to you by Games Plus. From board games to role-playing games to miniatures, we have something for the whole family. Come to Games Plus in Lake Stevens, Washington. Now back to our show. Hey, that was an awesome interview with Greg, and as much as you love hearing him, I love playing with all his car war toys as he brings them. If you could see, we're all messing with all the different, just so much great work, and um, it was just as normal. I mean, just great having him and just interviewing him. He's just a joy to have. And I'll be putting up some photos on the Instagram page of the stuff that Greg brought us to play with. Make sure to check that out. Yeah, I hope, of Cascadia. And I hope Steve Jackson gets him some goodies. That'd be mm. kind of cool. That would be very cool. Yeah. So also at Dragonflight, I believe, I believe he will be there, is uh, David Gerard, who's our next uh, next one up for the interview. So let's go hear what he has to say. Hey nerds, it's Blue Samurai here. We are still at ETX, and we have with us a special guest, a game developer, David Gerard. Hey, hey. David, what's up, man? Good, good. Uh, not, not much at all. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> answer. I'm already blitzed. Uh, I see you're selling your wares. Yep, absolutely. Doing what game developers do. So tell us about your games, man. Yeah, so we um, initially we made uh, Junking, which was our first game, but about a year ago we came out with that one. Um, we're actually really happy with the, the small size of it. We use that as a way to kind of learn about self-publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, Junking is a two to four player uh, competitive game where you are playing the part of a scavenger imp trying to get the best junk and, and all junk is worth something. 
So at the end of the game, you total up all your points of all the junk you've collected, and one with the most points wins. Awesome. And awesome. then our, like my kids. Yeah, right? You know? Absolutely, right? right. People's, people's rooms when they haven't cleaned up. Absolutely. Right. Um, our second game is Buyer of the Queen. Uh, that one's kind of our flagship game. It's our large, kind of epic scale game. Mm-hmm. It takes about an hour and a half, two hours to play. It's a fully cooperative two to four player game where one, uh, each player is playing a different guild that is tasked with sending the heroes that the Queen has called to save the kingdom. Uh, you're sending different heroes out to different areas to do quests, complete the Queen's orders directly, or fight the uh, enemy horde that is threatening the villagers of the kingdom. Okay. And then uh, Crows is our third game. It's actually not out yet. We're actually announcing it this weekend at ETX uh, and everywhere on social media this weekend. Uh, Crows is our third game, which was initially made by Tyler Sigmund, the uh, maker of uh, Dun- Darkest Dungeon, uh, on, on uh, PC and on PSN. Mm-hmm. And uh, he made it about 10 years ago, but then we got the, uh, the rights to it. Um, and we were able to kind of modernize the game because this is about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it is a Carcassonne-style-like tile placement game where you draw a tile every turn. You put a tile on the board, which actually puts more crows on the board. Okay. And then you put your That'd own... That'd be a murder of crows. Uh, right? uh, yeah, no, it's oh, actually a thing right. that happens Very in the game. Uh, nice. Yeah, and actually, if you draw too many crows in, it actually makes a murder of crows, and then they actually flock out and spread around the board. All right. And so you try to, try to draw in as many crows as you can, and every crow you get gets you a point. And so every mm-hmm. turn you accumulate points until the end of the game and then the person with most points wins that one as well. Cool. Well, what I, I really enjoy about your boxes, they're beautifully done. Tell us about the artists. Yeah, so Justin Hillgrove, he's our our artist for all three of those games that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is based here uh, in Snohomish, which is about uh, an hour north of Seattle. He's been doing art for about 11 years, incredibly successful, and I just happen to know him since high school. He does super awesome, super cute, very accessible art that um, he has made a whole living on, and he does awesome art. He's very excited to work on these projects. He's a gamer, just like all of us, and uh, he has four kids, the same age range as my kids, so when I kind of pitched the idea to him, he was very uh, receptive to the idea and was very excited to work on these games, and and like you said, his art is amazing, and it really does draw people in. I get so many people coming by our booth and, and just, you know, and seeing the art. And then usually they know who Justin is because he's very popular in this area. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, that draws them in and then, you know, show them the gameplay and, and hopefully they like, they like what they see. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, there's a lot of folks out there that want to develop their own game and they're wondering, ah, how do I get in the business? And what I love about you is you're, you're one of those kind of like, you know, these um, mercenary game developers, I call them. You know, you're trying, yeah. to, trying to get in there, trying to put out some, some idea that you had. Um, a lot of people don't realize that it's a hard, it's a hard deal to do. It's right. pretty hard. I mean, sure. uh, we talked to Alex Jerebek on our show, and uh, you know he's still holding down the job right. while doing this. Yes, and you got to go from con to con to con. So, yep. How did you first start this? You, you, I mean, did you just you're working at your job, and then suddenly went, you know, I got this great idea called Jun King. I'm just right. going to do it. So t- tell us about that process. Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, it's funny. I actually got challenged by my wife at one point. You know, I have so many games at home, and I was playing with my daughters. And my wife, I don't remember the moment. I feel like she was, she was giving us. She was. She made strawberry shortcake. This is a weird story. She made strawberry <laughs> yeah. shortcake, and as she was giving, putting the strawberry shortcake down, she looked me right in the eye and she said, "What if their dad made a game?" Right? What if I'm talking about my daughters, right? What right. if their dad made a game? And I and I and it was kind of my way of my wife challenging me, like, "Hey, what what would happen if you did?" And so I started kind of looking into it. And I always tell people that say that they want to make games themselves. I would say, make three phone calls, and you're making games. And the three phone calls are, you know, you want to find if you're a designer, you right. want to find an artist and a graphic designer, and then you call right. a manufacturer and get a quote. And then you can figure out, like, what you're going to do. Like, you know your path. Like, I need to make this much money. I need to convince this many people to give me this much money through Kickstarter so that we can make this game. And then when I made that phone call to the artist and the graphic designer, I now have a team to be able to, to do this. And, and well, so, it helps that your buddy is the artist. Right, so. exactly, right? But, I mean, the graphic designer that we brought on board, um, mm-hmm. I didn't know him, right? right and Justin right. just happened to know this guy that he worked with, like, a year ago, mm-hmm. hadn't talked to forever, but he knew he was talented, and he knew that he had a drive to make his stuff happen for himself. So, so it, was, it was in that way. So, how, so how explain us the difference about the graphic de- designer versus the artist. What, what's who's yeah. doing what, in case the listeners out there don't Yeah, understand. no, absolutely. And the thing is, is when I started this whole process, I was completely, you know, I didn't know anything about this either. I thought that... Justin would do it as well as my artist. Oh, you can do the graphic design right also, right? Mm-hmm. Totally does not work that way. And he was like, you don't want to do it, and I don't want to do it, and you don't want me doing it, is what he told me. So the graphic designer, what he does is he kind of sits in between the graphic designer or maybe the person who has a vision for what the game should look like mm-hmm. and the actual artist to make everything actually 
readable and usable yeah. by the end by the end customer. So um, our graphic designer puts the the rule book together. For example, he puts all the cards in a way that's readable. So when you draw a card from the game, you know exactly. It's easy to kind of read and see what's what's going on. It's not just like dropping the text on there and like, oh, I put it in bold so you can read it better. Yeah. It's it's about making it so that you know you're actually, you know, I have the vision for what I want the game to look like, and so he's conveying that image. You know, I wanted I wanted Junkie, for example, I wanted Junkie to feel very family friendly. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to feel very. Um, almost like Adventure Time style, right? So I told him this, and then so all the icons he used, even the fonts he chose, which I don't know what, you know, I know four fonts, yeah. right? And so this guy knows, you know, 300 fonts, plus he knows access, he has access to 3,000 more. Uh-huh. And so he was able to, to grab the right everything and put it all together in a really great way so that every card looks like there's no pieces on the card or in our rule book that look out of place. Okay. Yeah. And, and having that unified front is like what the graphic and, designer and does. And they're doing the manual as well. They're putting, like, yes. you write, you're writing the rules, the text, everything, yep. and then they're transforming it. Yeah, okay. exactly. So, you know, in a way, I'm kind of the project manager also. I mean, most game designers that run their own show like this, the Mercenary, as you said, mm-hmm. they do that as well. And so I kind of have this vision, but my way of project managing is basically saying, well, I know you're a better graphic designer than I ever could hope yeah. to be. You're clearly a better artist than I ever could hope mm-hmm. to be. So you guys are just going to do your thing, and I'm going to step back, and, and we're all going to win, right? And it works very well for us. And cool. and um, and so so back to your original question, which was like, how do we get started? So yeah. that's what I did. They made those three phone calls. Made that happen. And then we just basically looked at what Kickstarter was doing and kind of really uh, became knowledgeable about, well, as best as you can in about a five to eight month period, right. uh, about what it takes to be successful on Kickstarter. And I took those lessons to heart. I read all the blogs that you can and, and participated awesome. in a lot of conversations about, you know, how I can be successful and we put it together and made it happen but again what you said too about the fact that you basically do have to have your own other job I definitely do have another job that kind of keeps the roof on as I said pays your health insurance yeah exactly right for real yeah Junking's not paying for your health insurance no absolutely not no absolutely not and I've got a a family and I'm responsible so so, um, so what this is is, you know, I was telling you before, went off, you know, off, uh, offline. That, um, you know, that this is my passion, passion project, right? And I feel like any any well-rounded person should have their job. And then, if their job and their passion lines up, that's awesome for them. If not, then you need to have something that you have as your passion in life. I think it helps a little bit that you are a business person. You've done, you've done, you ran a business. Oh yeah, before. back in the day. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and the fact that. I think the fact that you love being being in the games. Yep, yep. I imagine that you probably did a little D and D when you were younger. Of course, of course, of course. And that and that business sense combining um, at this nexus, I think that helps a lot. A lot of times you got you got nerds that don't know anything about business. Right. And right. It can it can sink you. Right. Absolutely. And I you know I I actually. I'm in this tabletop co-op group, which is a bunch of like-minded designers. You go and we, we bomb in on uh, on on uh, conventions everywhere, and we take over like three or four booths, and then we put eight people in there because we're all just people trying to make it happen. And I'll, you know, I'm trying to help these guys out. Some of these guys don't know how to market, right? Yeah. Some of them are better marketers than me. They're doing much better than I am. But there are some people on the team who are struggling because they don't they don't have like a, a light, you know, they don't have a business background. Right. And so um, when you make allies in this industry like this, like we have with the Tabletop Co-op, these guys are now doing a lot better because we were able to kind of like collectively work together to kind of help everybody be victorious in their ventures, right? And so um, I think that the, the business mindset is you really do have to have it to be successful here. It's not, my, my thing is, is it's not just something that you can hope someone else will do for you though. Right. You have to become that person. I remember talking to uh, a woman that was uh, telling me about her games, and she was telling me that a convention was really excited because, as a woman, she's kind of rare in this industry. As a woman, like like a lead of her team, right, right. And she and so she was going to a convention in Canada, and they were very excited about her. And so the convention wanted to put her forward, uh, kind of up in the front, and do a lot of interviews and stuff. And she was like, "But they don't know that I'm so shy." And I literally said, "You have to fake it. Right. You have to become yeah. someone else. Like you have to. They don't know you're shy, right? Are they don't you, know. Are you yeah. saying nerds are introverts? Yeah, right. <laughs> crazy. Know, right? Yeah, no. You have to fake it. You have to fake right. it. And it's, it's not necessarily faking it but you have to understand that no one knows you're shy so if you come off as you're not someone who's shy then you're not that person and and you don't have to be you don't have to be that shy person and 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 if you come off as confident they're going to accept what you say and they're going to love you and they're you're going to get much more support and you'll be able to drive and eventually you'll stop faking it because that will become who you are and so that's kind of how i've done it right so 
So tabletop co-op. Yeah. Um, so you guys are just going to loosely band together? Is this an official thing, or do you accept new members? Yeah, we absolutely accept new members. Um, right now, I think we've got about 15. About nine of them are extremely active. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of come and go. We just we let people come in, and, and uh, you know we share a booth like this. For example, when you go to Gen Con, it's like $3,200 to go yeah. to Gen Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're one person who has made one game, yeah. you're not, you can't afford $3,200. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if you find eight people who have made one game each, yeah. you've got an eight-game booth. That's an amazing booth now, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, you're able to front four hundred dollars, no problem. And then you make you know nine hundred or thousand dollars on in, in profit cool. uh, at your convention, and it was a great convention for you. And then you also have this team that you can rely on that has a bunch of knowledge that you do not have. Yeah. And um, and then you're able to rely on each other and make stuff happen. So yeah, it's great. That's you know awesome. that's um, yeah. I, I, let's reemphasize that because I, I I always do that a lot when I'm talking to game developers. Let listeners know it's like. You're the one that's put up your money to go to these conventions, so you got to pay the fee. Right. You've got to pay for the hotel room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and really, you kind of need help within the community. When we were talking to Alex, Alex said he had to get some buddy buddies who was pushing his game out. Yeah. He had to share the trailer, yeah. load the stuff up, uh-huh. drive to Portland yeah. <laughs> to go to this convention. Absolutely. And so, you know, you got to pay for the hotel room. You got to pay for the, the entry in the convention. You got to pay for the gas and the food. Right. And um, I bet you there have been probably some times where oh, another announcement. Yep. We got pause here. <laughs> it's a very active convention. It is. Yeah. This is. I love this convention. It's great. <laughs> I think it's his third year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we've been trying to get a hold of Patrick, who's been running this, well, but he's been busy. Pat, this, this is Patrick right now. Oh, is it Patrick? Yeah. Funny. All right. <laughs> Just find the guy with the with the. With the calm right now. He's right. on the podcast now. That's right. That's right. So, so David, have there been times where, like, you haven't made, like, you go to the conventions, like, right. oh my god, I just barely, I just barely made it. Yeah. Broke even. Yeah, yeah. We Gen Con was a very close one, I would say. Mm-hmm. For us, we spent about thirty two hundred dollars to go. Plus, the travel expenses probably brought us nearer to five thousand dollars. We probably made about fifty five hundred to six thousand on the game part, but I also shared right. the booth with Justin, who sold his own art, and he made enough money too. So between the two of us, we did pretty well. Um, I think that I don't know. I wouldn't say that I'm unique, but because of the fact that I'm linked up with Justin, and Justin's art is so powerful, and it makes it really easy for us to make a sale. We also our branding. I feel our branding is very unique in this space, so we actually do pretty well when we go to conventions. So we have we don't have that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know tons that do though. There right. is definitely. There are definitely people that go to conventions. They'll spend maybe eight hundred dollars, right? Which is not necessarily a lot of money, but that might be what a booth costs at a lot of conventions that are not right. as big as Gen Con, and they may not make that money back, a hundred percent, and definitely right. not when you consider the extra expenses of the hotel and and, right. and everything else. So you kind of have to treat conventions as a game designer, as someone who's trying to make it in this business. You have to treat um, a convention as a loss leader, as a way to make connections with people. So, like, while I'm here, just this this convention, this is a very small convention, um, you know, as traditional conventions go, I've already made three really strong connections with people that I feel like I can either help them out or they can help me on, on my future right. projects, right? And that, right there, I've already, I've already said, to, I said this morning, right. we're paying hardly anything for a booth, but I'd be like, I'd pay that much money just to meet these people, right? Yeah. right? And, and the other thing is, like, when you, I mean, I'm throwing a price there, right? Yeah. It's like a $50 game. Yeah. It, you're not getting all that fifty dollars. I yeah. mean, yeah. a lot, a lot yeah. of that money went to the design, the box, the yeah. artist, and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. Um, that's the other thing that you got to think about too. Yeah, I always jokingly say that, like, if we do, if you put all the hours that we put into Buyer of the Queen. Uh, which is the current game that we're selling right now. If you put all the hours together for our artist and for our graphic designer and for me, uh, we made about two dollars and fifty cents an hour. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. bringing it in. Wow. I'm bringing wow. it in. You know. So, well, but uh, we're in Seattle. You should be making fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we. Um, you know, you just you kind of have to take it um, the way it is, and you end up like um, you end up having to kind of decide as a team whether or not you're willing to take that two fifty an hour for your passion project, right? <laughs> So if people want to check out your games, yeah. um, how can they do that? Okay. Yeah, so we um, we have Junk Spirit Games as my individual company, right? So Tabletop Company is the Tabletop Co-op is the group that I'm associated with, okay. um, but we're loosely associated with them. Junk Spirit Games is my company, and uh, with our branding and everything, and, and I'm the lead of that. Uh, Junk Spirit Games does have their own website, which is junkspiritgames.com, where we have uh, review blogs and, and we're talking about games. Okay. Also, obviously, you can find us on Facebook, and then you can also find me specifically on Twitter with the with the initials. Oh, sorry, my my uh, Twitter handle is D-A-G-E-R-R, which is the first two letters of my first name and the first four letters of my last name, Dagger, spelled right. incorrectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Excellent. Yeah, and if you follow me on Twitter, you can find out a lot about um, my other passions, like my hatred of green apple Skittles and, um, <laughs> and how dumb of a move that was. We can talk about that one in a future one. Uh, but yeah, uh, but typically I just talk about what I find interesting in games um, on all the social media channels. So that's where you can find me. Cool. Junkspiritgames.com. Yeah. Awesome. So what, what's the? What do you think the independent game developers? What's their main goals like? Is their dreams like to hit it big with their game or, or having a big company like a Wizards of the Coast or sure. Steve Jackson Games come sure. and go, hey, David, we love you. Right. You want to work for us? Uh, Is right. that the dream? Or no, I think, I think if you ask individual designers, you're going to get multiple different questions for that. I think for me, I enjoy the selling one game at a time. Mm-hmm. I enjoy like you know telling people like I think this game is for you because I know who you are I've met you I think this is a game for you and then having them come back to me and tell me that they, they that I was right cool and I think that if I was in a situation where you know some big company like Steve Jackson or Wizard Coast as you said asked me to work for them I right now would probably sound, say that sounds like a job and yeah. I'm enjoying yeah. not having a right. job in this <laughs> world right now right so I mean gosh I mean you have a job sure it's paying your bills and your yes. insurance all that and then you're taking the extra time away from your family doing all this so sure. it's it's really it's a passion right I mean, no, absolutely you have, you have passion to do this yeah no absolutely and of course you know with my kids at the ages that they are they're uh, they're 9 and 12 I've got two play testers in my house right so yeah <laughs> it's, uh, right. it's a lot of fun that's cool that's cool well thanks a lot David for yeah. uh, showing on this podcast I really appreciate it definitely and uh, if you're listening out there Go check it out. Check out his uh, website, which was... Junkspiritgames.com. Uh, yes. yes. And buy his games. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, what other cons you're going to? Next? Oh, other cons. I'm going to yes. be going to Gen Con this year. I'm going to be going to Dragonflight. I will see you there. Awesome. And I'm going to pack some plug as well. All right. Yeah. Cool. Maybe maybe OrcCon or... Oh, well, that's, about, that's next year, right? January. Well, that's true. That is right? January. So I don't, I, we always forget call. that. <laughs> I know. We do, right? All right. Well, thanks a lot. Take care. Awesome. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Boy, David was fun to talk to. I, I, I had so much fun, I went over to his booth and bought his game. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Oh, you did buy his game? I, did, I, I bought Jung King, right from, the, right from the maker. Oh, right there. I didn't... I didn't know you bought him at ETS. Oh, yeah. Oh, right wow. there. Okay, cool. Yeah, when are we going to play it? Well, anytime. Okay, well, let's do it we at should. Dragonfly. Okay, we should. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> now that we got that out of the yeah, way. Yeah, that, that's all scheduled. Bye, everybody. Well, <laughs> well um, again, thanks for listening. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have more as we come on and do these more episodes. I sound like an idiot right now, but... That's because I'm trying to sign off and I can't seem to do it. So, yeah. but what, one more time, let's yes. just thank Vern and Wells for letting yep. us podcast yes, here. Yes, thank this you. Fantastic. Nice. By the way, go online, go check out Vern and Wells, buy a membership. It's well worth it. So, with that, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that savings. Oh. Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. Okay, uh, I'm speaking and I think I sound pretty good. Uh, you always sound good, Steve. You always sound good. Except when his mouth's opening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I disagree. I, I, I agree with Greg. You do not sound good. Thank you. <laughs>